This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore on Magic 590 AM, also available on 100.5 FM. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. And this weekend, Saturday, the big uh, St. Patrick's Day parades in Albany. There are a couple of them, right? That's right. Uh, Kicking off tomorrow, there's a parade in North Albany. Uh, which kicks off from the um, uh, the hall there uh, uh, and on first, and we we march through Albany up into Menands and then back into Albany, um, and that parade steps off at eleven um, or actually at noon, and then we uh, all jump in our vehicles and get to downtown and uh, get ready to step off for the. The big parade in downtown Albany that steps off at 2. Okay. And just for, for our audience, because this program airs on Friday and Saturday, the parade is uh, is on Saturday. Um, it uh, Five years ago it was now that there was the, the uh, kegs and eggs um, riot, I guess you'd say, in uh, the uh, college student areas of uh, Albany. Um, what steps have been taken to prevent that from happening? Well, we've taken a number of steps in those neighborhoods to make sure that students understand what the expectations are um, and and what behavior uh, is is appropriate in that neighborhood and what is not. But some of the big changes that we've made to the parade since I took office is that we are now enforcing open container laws. So uh, people were coming into downtown Albany and really using it as an opportunity um, to engage in heavy drinking. We had you know, people bringing cases of beer and, and really just the amount of trash and the amount of, um, of, of really, um, you know, behavior that was getting out of control. There were fights. Um, and we worked with the parade committee and the parade committee is really appreciative. They've wanted the city of Albany to enforce open container and to emphasize that this is a family friendly parade. So last year, uh, we enforced the open containers. And we had a great parade day. We didn't really have any incidents. Uh, you know, this is an opportunity to come down, enjoy a wonderful afternoon, celebrate Irish heritage, and have an event that is appropriate for people of all ages. And uh, you'll be having a new Irish-American family festival in Academy Park. Can you tell us about that? That's right. The um, Irish Heritage Museum is hosting a festival in the park. There are going to be a lot of things for families to do. It runs from noon to 530, so during the parade and then even after the parade. There's going to be music. There's going to be step dancing. It's going to be a really great time. There are going to be um, goods for sale. Um, So, again, an opportunity to come down, enjoy the day, and enjoy the parade. How does the city pay for the parade? The, I presume there's police overtime and other expenses. I believe that some of the parade organizers have contributed money. That's right. The parade is actually run by a parade committee. It's not run by the city, but they come to us and we give them a permit. There are pretty significant expenses that are associated with this parade, though, because of the time of day that it occurs. You know, it's late in the afternoon. Our other parades are in the morning. Um, and the length of the parade, this parade goes further down State Street. Most of our other parades stop right in front of the education building on Washington Ave. So it is more expensive for us to run. And we asked the parade committee last year to, as part of its fundraising efforts, to expand those fundraising efforts so that we could be reimbursed for some of those expenses. And they've done that, and we're very appreciative of it. You're a, of Irish origin yourself? I am, I, and I, I'm looking forward to celebrating our Irish heritage. 2016 is the um, 100th anniversary of the Easter Rising in Dublin, so um, it's an important day for people of Irish heritage. And 
again, this is about a family-friendly parade. And one of the other things that I'm really pleased that we did, because we really want this to be an opportunity for the businesses in downtown Albany. And what was happening with not enforcing open containers, people were coming and they were sitting and they were, you know, imbibing all day with, uh, you know, things that they brought in uh, and, and carried in in their cars or carried in. Uh, to the parade route. And so now we have set up VIP viewing areas. So if you are patronizing a business, if you come downtown with your family, you have lunch um, at, at one of the local restaurants, there will be a place for you to go and view the parade so that you don't have to come down and mark your spot and sit there all afternoon to keep your spot. If you want to come down, have lunch, have a pint, uh, enjoy the day, we are encouraging that, and then we have VIP viewing areas. So if you've got a local you know, establishment that you like to patronize, call them up, make sure that uh, you know where to go and when to get there. But we're, again, working with our local businesses to make this uh, an economic opportunity for them as well. And once again, uh, the St. Patrick's Day parades in Albany on Saturday this uh, weekend. Another topic, your administration's working on a policy for memorials to crime victims, I presume perhaps also accident victims. And we see this everywhere, really, but in Albany it it happens as well. When someone's killed, let's say, murdered in a given neighborhood, a makeshift memorial often sprouts with people leaving flowers and cards and stuffed animals. What are you proposing as an alternative to that? So we're looking at... uh all users, everybody in a community. And uh, one of the things that I talked about with our Department of General Services early on is that sometimes these memorials grow so large that they block the sidewalk. So if you're a mom pushing pushing a carriage or uh, somebody who has uh, a disability who maybe uses a walker, it makes it difficult to get down the sidewalk. We also know that there is trauma in these neighborhoods and that people experience trauma in different ways. And so we're looking for input on a proposal, and I want to stress the fact that this is not a completed policy. We have released it to the Common Council members for them to seek input from their constituents. We want the community to comment on it because we know that people have differing views. The prior administration made an attempt at creating a policy and really abandoned it because they were unable to build a consensus. We need to work harder. We need to create a consensus. I understand that uh, you know people need the opportunity to grieve. They need outlets for that grief, but we also need for our parks to be safe, for example. Uh, Council Member Robinson has pointed out we had a tragic murder um, and shooting in a park, and the memorial that is there, there's broken glass, um, and it, it is a, a challenge for people who want to bring their children there to play. How do we reclaim that park for our children, yet respect the grief that the community is feeling and that outpouring of that grief? So that's what this policy is trying to get at, and I encourage people, if they have comments mm-hmm. on it, to email us um, at mayor at albanyny.gov. Reach out to your common council member, and uh, you know. But we need to work towards finding something that uh, we can put into place so that everybody can have a set expectation as to what's going to happen if and when uh, a tragedy occurs. Now, the the um, basic outline of the proposal, and I appreciate the fact you're saying it's not set; nothing is set in stone. But as reported in the Times Union, 
was that the memorials, the neighborhood memorials, would remain for a certain period of time. Then they would be cleared. The city would hold on to them for another period of time for people to claim uh, back their uh, objects. And then you would have a a park at Academy Park or an area mm-hmm. Academy Park uh, for a, a permanent uh, memorial, if you will. Uh, you mentioned uh, Councilman Robinson. I, I, he's quoted as saying that he... he doesn't think that's the location for it because it, you know it. It, it uh, he said it accelerates the tension between the mm-hmm. the neighborhoods. You know, for, forcing people, let's say, from Arbor Hill to come over there to to see the memorial to their loved ones. Have you heard that objection from him? And what's work going on with that? Well, I've read about it in the newspaper. He has not expressed that to me. Another council member has said that having a central location is a good thing because, again, having a memorial in the place where the tragedy occurred. Um, has issues with trauma as well. And when you talk to people about re-traumatizing, um, there are those who say, I don't want to walk out my front door every day and be reminded of the tragedy that occurred. I'd rather go to a place where I can mourn in peace. So we're balancing that. But I certainly encourage and respect every council member's point of view on this. And we need to have a um, civil conversation about it. Um, this shouldn't be highly charged. This is about... Um, really, to me, what public service is about. How do we meet the needs and the varied needs of our community in a respectful way? This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. We'll be back in just a moment with constituent questions for the mayor. If you want to ask a question, you can send it to uh, email, uh, askkathy with a K at albanyny.gov. And now we go to a couple of constituent questions. Question number one, uh, the constituent writes, I was walking around Washington Park at dusk the other night. And I saw that some of the lights were brighter than the older lights. With the city of Albany practically bankrupt, why would you be adding brighter lights that add more to the city's electrical bill and to taxes? This makes no sense. Well, this is a perfect example of where brighter does not necessarily mean that it is more expensive. We are uh, transitioning out our old uh, light bulbs in our parks and uh, switching over to LED lights. They're brighter um, and they provide, uh, you know, what, what many people view as a more natural light. Um, and they're also less expensive. Not only is the uh, cost of operating those lights lower, uh, but we get a rebate from National Grid when we install these new lights. So when you see those bright lights, you can um, also see dollar signs because not because we're spending them, but because we're saving them. Okay, so the brighter lights are cheaper. That's right. Okay. Uh, question number two, constituent rights. I want to get one more skate in at the Swinburne Ice Rink. It's been closed a lot this winter. When will it close for the season? Well, uh, you know, that is touch and go because of the warm weather that we've been having. So, uh, you know, you really do need to call every day um, because we've had days where, uh, you know, the, the weather has just been too warm for us to keep ice. Uh, we'll keep it open as long as we can. The scheduled closing is March 16th. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll make it that far uh, with all the warm weather that we've been having. Robert Amore, I believe is how you pronounce his name, Robert Amore of Amore Clothing, moving his classic men's clothing store from its longtime downtown State Street location in Albany out to the suburbs. Chris Churchill wrote about that decision in his Times Union column. He does point out, or Mr. Churchill does, that other stores such as uh, North 
Pearl Street Food Market are opening uh, downtown, in addition to this one uh, pulling out. And uh, Chris asked this question. I'll just put it to you. Does downtown Albany have a retail future? Oh, I think it absolutely has a retail future. And the type of retail that people are looking for in a downtown is sort of that unique purchase. What can I find in downtown Albany that I can't find anywhere else? We are also becoming a destination for weddings. And so there's a bridal shop that is located, um, you know, roughly across the street from where Amore is. And, you know, uh, fortunately, uh, Mr. Amore Sr. is still there as a tailor. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, they are seeing um, that uh, that has been a great location for that bridal shop. And so we're looking to encourage new retail. Um, and we're um, confident that we're going to have uh, an, a continued interest in retail in our downtown. Mm. Well, a, as you say, though, uh, the you know the the days when downtown was where you shopped, you know, not just in Albany, but that's that's not tr- true anymore. Well, that hasn't been the case for many, many years. And so what downtowns are doing and where they've been successful in attracting retail is when they have found sort of that unique retail that um, a a place where you know you can't find it at the local mall you can't find it at your local strip mall Um, it's where you can shop and find things that are unique and we already have that as I said downtown Um, and we have very successful businesses that are operating downtown lodges has been operating um, in in its location downtown and is Mm -hmm. seeing its business increase Um, it really changed with the times it went into the uniform business so it provides a lot of the school uniforms for um, the parochial schools and the charter schools, um, and it uh, has also diversified um, its offerings. And so, uh, you know, we think that with uh, the opening of the uh, the new Renaissance Hotel and with the coming of the convention center, that uh, those entrepreneurs who have those unique offerings um, really should come down and, and, and look at the opportunities that exist in Albany. And, um, you know, we, you know, I certainly wish the Amores the best. They've been a longtime downtown tenant. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I wish them the best, but I also look forward to welcoming new retail into downtown. Let's talk about water. Saw this on uh, your Facebook page. The Albany Water Department tested the city's reservoir, the Alcove Reservoir, and found no detectable levels of PFOAs. That's the chemical that's caused so much concern over in Rensselaer County. One Facebook post uh, to you said that the all-clear finding for the PFOAs in the Alcove was a given and that there is no upstream source for this chemical out there. Uh, Why was the testing done? Well, there's just been so much publicity about PFOAs and concerns that people have. And so while we didn't expect to find any PFOAs um, because of the water sources for the reservoir, we wanted to make sure um, that the water coming into our filtration plant, um, that it did not have any detectable levels just to give people that peace of mind. And so um, it's one thing for us to say, um, you know, we didn't expect it or for people who understand the um, geology of, of how right. of how um, our, our reservoir works to say there aren't any problems. We wanted the water board felt that it was important to give our customers the um, the comfort of knowing that we've tested for it. And as we expected, it, it is non-existent.
City of Albany had its first property reassessment in a number of years, I believe eight years, made public recently. What went up, what went down in property values? Well, we saw an uptick in the value of commercial properties in the city of Albany, mainly uh, rental units because uh, the rental uh, properties are, are strong in the city of Albany. Uh, and we saw, you know, basically an evening out um, in our residential properties. Um, it went down a bit, uh, but it was um, really not a, a steep decline. There were certain areas of the city where we saw um, the the values go down. If you'll recall, the last time we did a revaluation was in 2007, and that was really at the peak of the housing market when you saw that, um, you know, we, we had a very high uh, assessed values. The reason that we did the reassessment is because we kept coming in at, you know, 104, 105% um, equalization rate, which was telling us that our assessed values were higher than what the market would bear. Mm. There was a decline, as I understand it, in downtown office building values because of high vacancy uh, rates. Um, this is, again, this is, to me is a, seems to be a problem with a lot of cities. I mean, you you have the, may often have the first floor occupied, but not the upper floors of buildings. That's right. You know the uh, market for traditional office space continues to decline. Um, it has been declining, and so we have been working with developers to repurpose office buildings for apartments, and we've been very successful there. We've also looked at um, reconfiguring space so that it provides the type of open environments that businesses are looking for uh, today. Okay. Well, I think maybe it's it's time for some uh, talk of the town shout-outs about Albany. I see Albany was ranked as one of the top places to live by U.S. News & World Report. That's right. And the rankings were really based on um, a number of factors, but we are the number one city in New York State. Um, and 36th in the country. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that put us in the leads is jobs and job opportunities. We saw, you know, a continued um, growth in private sector job development in the city of, in the, in the, in Albany and in the region. Um, and we also are relatively affordable. We know that we have some affordability issues um, within the city of Albany. We know that we have to do a better job of connecting residents, particularly in our most economically challenged neighborhoods, mm -hmm. with jobs. But this is all good news. Um, we have a great quality of life. I think anybody um, who lives in this region knows that there is an incredible quality of life here. Traffic, uh, for the most part, even those commuting, um, in and out of the city of Albany compared to other big municipalities mm. um, and also, uh, you know, just the uh, cultural opportunities that exist in this region, uh, the, the Hudson River hiking, our proximity to the Adirondacks, to the Catskills. I mean, all of those, to me, um, lead to an incredible quality of life here. So while... Um, while other people may be surprised at this ranking, certainly those of us mm. who live here are not. Okay. Well, you you mentioned uh, jobs, and I do note also that Commerce Hub, an e-commerce software company uh, in Albany, has moved into a new location at SUNY Polytechnic Institute's Zen Building. That's right. You know, the Zen Building continues to um, uh, attract uh, new businesses and new ventures, 
And we look forward to the opportunity as jobs grow in that location uh, to be able to attract more residents to Albany and then attract spinoff businesses. Um, there is significant opportunities. And when you look at other places that have successfully merged cities with their universities and the entrepreneurs that are coming out of those universities, I think that there is, you know, just tremendous job growth potential here in the capital region. And another question on the trash fee. Uh, Councilman Judd Crasher proposing legislation to make the trash fee, which was instituted this year for small apartment buildings, expire at the end of this year. The fee is now scheduled to end after 2019. Uh, you were quoted in the papers as saying you'll veto his proposal if it's passed. Why is that? Well, we need to have some certainty as we try to steer the city towards a sustainable city budget and removing $1.5 million in revenue without any plan to replace that revenue is not going to allow us to plan for the future. It could result in uh, higher taxes. It could result in us having to um, tack on uh, other fees that, um, you know, are um, not going to um, allow us to create that softer landing that we need in order to get to a sustainable budget. Uh, we're already planning our 2017 budget. And so the reason that we asked for and the reason that I think the council wisely put a 2019 sunset date is to give us the opportunity to plan for the future of what we are going to do with our waste as we move towards the landfill closure. We have worked very hard to do this in a way that allows us to get revenue today as we provide um, a platform for incentivizing a reduction in the waste stream. Um, we're implementing a new pilot program for recycling. It's going to kick off in June. We expect to have the new Packer truck uh, for that program in June. And we need to move forward with the initiatives and allow for the time to plan. Um, you know, unfortunately, Oftentimes, municipalities end up in the position that money is in because we only plan one year to one year. We need to be able to have a multi-year plan with certainty around revenue. And that is why we need to ensure that this sunset provision remains in effect so that we have time to plan. We're, you know, working with council members right now on what we can realistically do in 2017 and what we can realistically do in 2018. On a practical note on uh, waste disposal, uh, Albany, I see on your Facebook page, is going to be collecting some hazardous waste during the spring. Uh, it's always hard to get rid of that stuff. That's right, and we want to provide a safe way for people to dispose of that waste legally um, because it, it's very important that that not end up in our waste stream or in our landfill. And uh, a final uh, Talk of the Town shout-out. We didn't get to this uh, uh, last week, but a deputy fire chief, Joseph Gregory, had a short career in the movies, it appears. He was 12 years old, and he was in The Godfather. I had no idea. So uh, I thought that was a really fun little um, bit of fact. And it was, uh, it, you know, I, I over the um, uh, Christmas holidays, my staff was shocked to learn that I had never watched the godfather from beginning to end you know i've seen bits right, and snippets of it yeah. um and so uh one of my uh the person on my staff gave me the the cds and i watched it and even then i didn't know that that was uh our wonderful deputy fire chief joseph gregory and he played the son of the consigliere of the corleone family that's right that's right that had to have been quite the experience for him